Welcome to the Impact of Leadership podcast, where we believe that no one drifts into excellence. I'm your host, Steve Shear, and today is part two of the Enneagram, a tool for gaining perspective and increasing empathy. Now, if you missed part one, do not fret. You can pause this episode and come right back. It'll be here. Or because it's America, you can just listen to part two and then you'll be like, oh man, I should have listened to part one. And then you can go back and listen to part one. Do what you like, choose your own adventure. But either way, my guest today is still Ashley Binger because it's part two. The Impact of Leadership's very first guest contributor. We love this lady. My wife and I are becoming good friends with her and her husband and her kids. She lives this stuff out. She is a life coach, a writer, a wife, a mom, and has studied, used the Enneagram for years uh, to impact people's lives, help them move towards their goals and overcome uh, obstacles along the way. She's driven to connect people to their life's mission, which is why we love having her at IRL. We are so excited to have her on the podcast two times in a row. So let's jump into it with Ashley picking up the remaining two sets of stances. So um, the next style is or stance is the withdrawing um, style or stance. I'm actually going to go ahead and just use the word stance so it's not too confusing. But um, so they are the withdrawing stance. They experience the world as coming at them and they kind of back up. They don't necessarily believe that they can impact the world with their energy the same way that the aggressive stance does. And they also um, can be kind of withholding of their energy. It's like internal instead of external. Um, so the first number on the, in the withdrawing stance would be the fours. Um, in healthy space, they are super creative people. They really connect with the beauty of the world around them and um, the harmony of the things around them. Uh, they really experience and feel a wide range of emotions. And so you can kind of, they can, they're just really in touch with feeling sad or feeling happy or disappointed or, you know, all those words for emotions that I personally have trouble with as a seven, (laughs) they, they feel and, and have. And so, um, they can be pretty peaceful, very intuitive and very insightful. Um, in the unhealthy space, they can be sometimes you can experience them as kind of moody if their emotions are kind of shifting quickly. And then you can experience their emotions as large, like they, because they can feel them so deeply, it can just be a big mood that they're in. Um, and then they can sometimes be really melancholic depending on how they're doing and they can nurse their wounds. Um, something that sevens actually in the aggressive stance and fours in the withdrawing share is this longing that they have that will never be filled. And sometimes the seven, the fours, as they're can be known as the romantic, they, um, they like the longing, they lean into their longing, but it can just lead to that melancholy that we talked about. Um, and I don't think I said that they're motivated by the need to be unique. They need to be original, different, like they're the only ones of their, of their type, which we, which we are, you know, we are our own person. There's nobody else like each of us, but the fours are really motivated by that need. So we did three, seven, eight, first time, four, five, nine. So we got the four, uh, go ahead and jump into the, to the five. Yeah. So the five is that gifted observer. They're motivated by the need to gain knowledge. So sometimes you'll experience this person as kind of like stepping to the side, especially in a large social situation. They're the ones that are like standing in the corner the whole time and they don't care. They would like, they would rather sit and watch what's happening around them and gain information instead of um, participating sometimes in the life that is happening around them. Um, but they're really good at collecting data and understanding it. And they can be really, really objective. They're big thinkers. Um, and 
sometimes very innovative and creative in that way. But they do sometimes hoard information that they have, and that can be information about who they are. I have found it can be pretty, sometimes it can be hard to get to know a five. Until they feel really safe, they don't really like to share pieces of themselves. And so, oh my goodness. I just thought of, tell me, yeah. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say names. Who it is. That. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to describe a situation and see if this is, if, if you agree with these people's numbers, I haven't done like any testing, nothing. I'm just thinking of a work situation. So a person is a seven. They are outgoing. They, they, you know, they, they don't care if the door is barely cracked open. They're, they're busting in, they're coming through. It's going to be fun. Um, there's going to be confetti and things like that. They love to engage with people and know their stories and, oh my goodness, me too. And this is so much fun adventure. So that type of person with a five who is withholding potentially information about themselves, but not in a uh, vindictive sort of way could be interpreted by the seven as what the heck, why is this person so standoffish? Why aren't they being more open with me or more real with me? Is that lining up? Exactly. Exactly. And I love that because that's a great example of what the Enneagram can do. So like because I'm a seven, I definitely side more with that first person you described, the one that's banging in the door. That's like, don't you want to see me? Like, don't you want to interact? Like, don't you love people like me? And then you get that vibe. That's just like, no, actually I divvied out all of my energy for the day and you weren't a part of it. And so, well, I like, this has nothing to do with you. They're going to show up feeling like, you know, like you did kind of offend them with your presence. (laughs) Um, But the beautiful thing is when you get behind that with a five, especially, and I particularly love the withdrawing numbers because they can take more work, you know, like you just have to sometimes dig to get there. But once they do, once they feel safe and they trust you and kind of similar to the six we'll talk about later, then they, they can be really, you know, really good friends. And then they'll start to share, share the things that about them. And then also I think it helps sevens to recognize like, Hey, I can't always show up like this in front of people and expect that they're going to meet me where I'm at. One of the things that you said, I wonder if it's a key since fives are observers of the environment that they're in and, and absorbing information. Is it true then, or could it be inferred then that trust is a key into getting to know someone with that type of personality um, because they're observing how you're acting. And if you're kind of wild and sporadic and, and unchained, unfettered, un, unpredictable, that it could be a little bit like, I don't know if I'm going to open up to this person. Right. I totally agree. I think that um, they want to feel safe. Um, and that sometimes when things are unpredictable, they don't feel that way. And they also really like to know what's coming. Like the clarity is a very important thing for fives that you, if you want something of them, like they're definitely going to want you to be clear on what that is. Like, what's the ex, what's the expectation here? Cause I, cause I, cause they want to meet it, right. They don't want to disappoint, but they, they got to know what it is in order what's to the kind of goal? be all in. What's the ROI? Mm-hmm. What's the point of this thing? I'm thinking of the same scenario. It was, it was a very interesting meeting. Okay. We can, we can keep going. We don't have to. That's great. No, but that's Steve, that's exactly what the point is of this. You know, that, that those are listening to can think of like, Oh, that person again, just doesn't dislike me. Right. Like we just go to this place of like, it's about us, you know? 
And it's like, no, they're just different. And this is why, and it's like opening a beautiful box of treasure when you try to, when you can understand that, right. When you can, um, put words to why that is versus just kind of leaving feeling like, oh man, (laughs) Yeah. Was there yeah. was was there more with the five? I know I jumped in there and interrupted you. No, that's okay. I think we mostly hit it. They can avoid commitment sometimes and they can sometimes I laugh about fives because they're in their head so much that they can sometimes stay in their head instead of like participating in life. So instead of like showing up and actually being present there, they're just like sitting in their heads instead. So sometimes pulling a five out is important. Hey, you can rate and review our podcast and blah, blah, blah. And nobody knows what that means. Well, some people do. But here's the thing. I, I think it's time for me to just pause and say, if you don't know how to rate and review a podcast, that's okay. I'm going to tell you right now how to do it in Apple Podcasts. So let's say you're on an iPhone. You're in that purple icon that's podcast. You click on the image of the Impact of Leadership. It's the orange words. Look for that. The Impact of Leadership Impacts Orange. Click on that. You'll see that you're listening to the episode. You can scroll down, scroll down until you see ratings and reviews. You'll see a five out of five star because people are very generous. If you want to rate, you can click whatever stars you feel appropriate. Please click five. And then right underneath that, you'll see write a review. Click that button, type your stuff out, and then click save and you are good to go. Now, back to Ashley. And the next was uh, nine? The nine. Yep. The last number in the withdrawing stance would be the nine. And they are motivated by the need to avoid conflict. The nines are sometimes called the crown jewel of the Enneagram. They're the top of the the symbol of the Enneagram, which we won't talk about much today, but there is that too. Um, but they are often just really likable. They're peacemakers is what they're called. Sometimes they're settled and comfortable. They can kind of see how to harmonize a group, like how to bring a group together. And they can often put others' needs before themselves in a healthy way in that regard to create harmony and peace in the certain situations that they're with, that they're in. Yeah. That's my mother-in-law. Is it? <laughs> You're lucky. <laughs> I'm assigning. I'm assigning a number to her right now. No, does yeah, she, wait, Steve. Does she tell you she's a nine? <laughs> yeah, I know. I just totally did the wrong thing. She's. Uh, she. She's. Yeah. She was at same same job for 47 years. Uh, she was first in. She would. She, but then there was. You know. You're going to talk about the unhealth side too of like, just. She, well, I don't even know what the unhealth is as far as enneagram goes, but I know for for her we had talked about like drawing boundaries because people would just use her kindness so, so far, you know, but anyway, you can keep going. Yeah. So sometimes they can believe that their presence like doesn't matter. And so like whatever's happening around them, they kind of merge into that and they don't identify what they need, which it's of course still there. And so then anger can emerge from the fact that they're not identifying what they need and they're not saying it to people. But I think it can be easy for them to kind of agree. They're just, they can be too agreeable. And that is why people like that (laughs) because they can be so agreeable, but of course they can't just agree to everything. Um, They need to become the captains of their own ship. And so in their, like, yeah, in their unhealth, they can um, be passive, aggressive, and sometimes really lethargic. And then also angry when they don't identify that they, you know, they don't want to do the things that people are expecting them to do. Um, The thing that I laugh about, so my husband's also a nine 
and I'm a seven. So I show up with this like aggressive nature. He's a withdrawing number. So we, we can sometimes look opposites of each other. And I like this like intense, like conversation, sometimes borderline fights. And then I can like walk away and be fine. But conflict to him of like a fight was, was like cutting him with glass, you know, like it felt so deep and strong. So we had to identify that in our marriage that we needed to meet somewhere in the middle there. I could, cause I could like pick up and put down conflict and he like couldn't, you know, he would carry that with him. So it was just really helpful. And, yeah. For, in that regard. So, um, which style is best or stance is best? Which <laughs> yeah, I got you paused, you paused, <laughs> you paused, you almost, you almost. All right. Um, anything more on the uh, second set of stances? Or the well, I thought you were going to say which style is best. And so I want to know oh, if no. you think she would be <laughs> yeah. okay with you yeah. sharing yeah. which style she is. Your wife. Uh, so Beth, my wife, is, she has, we have through conversation, not me assigning it to her, uh, but two. Two. Um, okay. Yep. We're going to um, get there. That's a perfect segue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that wasn't set up either, but it totally was. Uh, like, is it one of the words like the helper or help, mm-hmm. helpful or something like that? Yeah. 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 So that was, that's Beth for sure. Yeah. That's cool. It's good to know. Um, so the third stance is called the dependent stance. And I think sometimes these are the hardest ones to understand because they're just not as easy to identify. Um, they are sometimes aggressive and sometimes withdrawing depending on the situation. So they'll kind of observe what's happening around them and go either way. Um, so it's easier with them, I think, to just delve right into the numbers. So the first one is the num- is the one. And they are known as the perfectionist, motivated by the need to be perfect. They are really good at seeing what could be better in a space. And they're also really good at details. You can find them to be pretty task-oriented and detail-oriented. And they get things done that way. They have a really strong sense of purpose. And they can be really honest and reliable and dedicated and hardworking. But they do have this thing called the inner critic that I think is good for other people to be aware of in the ones, which is an internal monologue in their head that is usually telling them that they should be better. So that's a tough, that's a tough thing to live with. And sometimes you can experience a one talking to their critic when it looks like they're actually talking to you. (laughs) And so um, that is something I notice I do actually. And so when that critic is really getting a hold of them, ones can be like overly critical and demanding, sometimes really judgmental. And they just get propelled by this need to feel like they have to be perfect or that everything also needs to be black and white, like right and wrong. I can't even remember the other three, the other two numbers that are left. One, two, and six. One, two, six. Okay. So uh, one, two, six. So now we're on two. Now we're on two. So um, the two is the helper. So that would be Beth. She is motivated by the need to be needed. Um, so they can be, I mean, obviously really all the numbers are great, but twos can be really, really helpful. And they're also really good at identifying other people's needs um, that even sometimes those people don't know that they need. <laughs> so that can be good and bad, but mostly they're looking in the world for ways to help other people, which is really sweet. They are loving and genuine, really thoughtful, and definitely the most compassionate number that I've encountered. They really can jump in the boat with other people and feel the feelings that other people are feeling. And so talking about that empathy and compassion, they're really, really good at that. 
And then in unhealthy space, they can sometimes over-identify themselves with what other people need, and that can kind of become their value is fulfilling other people's needs. And then sometimes when people don't necessarily want the things that they want to give, that can lead to some tension in relationships, or it can feel kind of like intrusive. And then a little bit demanding, like, you should love me because I provided for that need that you have. And yeah, and, and I experienced some twos as sometimes kind of sweet and flattering in a way, in, in an effort to kind of care for you, but that can kind of sometimes come off as just trying to make like a, like a shallower connection. Sometimes women can over-identify with the two because, um, because they're in a helping role, like either in church or as a mom or um, anything. It's, it's easy to think that sometimes women start thinking they're two, but then realize they're actually other numbers. And we're on the home stretch now. On the home stretch. So this is the last one. And I don't know. I've actually, just to be completely honest, the last number is the six, the loyalist. And I found that a lot of my friends tend to be sixes. Isn't it kind of funny that it's like, oh, it's kind of emerged a pattern here that, um, so, you know, anybody who's not a six, I just can't really be friends with, but you know how that goes. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. At least least we got the podcast out of the way. (laughs) Sorry, Steve. Um, No, so the sixes are the loyalists. Um, They are motivated by the need for safety and security. They're really, really reliable and dependable and thoughtful and responsible. And I have found that the sixes are some of the best question askers that I've ever met. They're really good at conversations. And um, yeah, just asking questions and then asking follow-up questions and really listening and caring in that way. And then they are always prepared for things. So they, they're sometimes thinking about the worst case scenario, which leads them to being prepared for if the worst case scenario were to happen, you know, so, you know, if we were to be chased by a pack of rabid dogs, like, what would we do? I have my whistle, you know, or whatever that is there. They're thinking through that. So the thing too about the sixes is I've noticed that sometimes they can start off being kind of standoffish. They, they definitely kind of like the fires we talked about, don't trust easily and don't trust quickly. It takes time and you kind of showing them that you're trustworthy before they will trust you. But then once they do, they're like all in all the time, no matter what, loyal. And so that's a beautiful thing about the six. But in in the unhealthy space, they can have a lot of anxiety. They can project the fear that they have onto other people and seem kind of skeptical, like skeptical of others for no good reason. And then sometimes their like fear of something bad happening can go straight to paranoia. And that can be in really unhealthy space for a six too. So that's like a really basic flyover of what some of the numbers look like. So I, I know if there's anybody listening to this, that's anything like me, uh, you thought of people as we're going through this. And don't do what I did with my mother-in-law and say, oh, she's totally a nine. Because then we get to the descri- we get to the, the description of a two and I'm like, well, she might be a thing. But let the pieces that Ashley's laying out cause questions to rise up in you and then, and then follow up with us, uh, follow up with her. Uh, we're going to put links in the show notes below. But uh, before we close out, um, talk a little bit more about your involvement with IOL, Ashley, and, and, and what drives you to do what you do. I'd, I'd love to pause and just talk about that for a little bit. Yeah. Can I say, just sorry, one more thing back about the numbers before I move. So it's funny as of the people that I've met in the world, as we talk about the Enneagram and I learn about it, um, the twos and the nines are a pretty big one that are easily 
confused with one another, just that, that they fulfill other people. Yeah. They fulfill other people's needs. And, um, but I've, it's been helpful for me when we talk about the stances to see the difference. So like that withdrawing number and the nine is going to like step back almost all the time when like things come forward and avoid that conflict where the twos are sometimes aggressive, you know, like I think they surprise you. You're like, Whoa, where did that come from? Like the twos are aggressive, especially if it's about somebody that they love. They're like all into it, like in the muck and forward in life. Um, and then sometimes of course withdrawing, but that's been helpful for me in identifying between the twos and the sixes. But that does lead to say, Hey, if you are, have questions about any of the numbers, um, yeah, I'd love to talk to you further about them. There's a lot more to know. So yeah, please go ahead and click some of the links we have for you. Yeah. Impact of leadership has been such a joy to be a part of. I, um, so I'm a life coach and a writer, and this really ties well into coaching, which for me is really about listening well to people and helping them identify their goals and then helping them reach them. Mostly, I'm such a verbal processor (laughs) that I don't even know what's going on in my head. I have to talk it out and then having somebody else there to kind of talk back to me what I'm saying and help guide me and clarify like what I I want and where I want to go and what my strengths are and why I'm doing these things and really just help me move forward step by step in life in a proactive way instead of a reactive way is kind of is my goal of coaching. And so I am so thankful for the opportunity to coach with IOL and to help leaders and just anyone really just move forward. And uh, yeah, in that way. I, and this has been fun. I know there's been joking and some sarcasm and things like that about sevens and whatever, but and I do have a, we in basic, it's basically a core value of the impact of leadership. I mean, it's in almost everything we do to equip, connect and grow leaders while having fun. Like it's in mm-hmm. the phrase. So I love that. Yeah. A, and that's what we're about because leadership is so many different things. And oftentimes there are such tough decisions with people that we don't want to be around. And it's not easy. So understanding uh, our stance personally, and then those that we work with, their stances, that helps us move towards a place of being able to work in better harmony with people to help lead them well and for their good um, and while having fun. So this is great. I love this stuff. So so what do you want to leave folks with that are listening into this, Ashley? Well, I just really want them to have felt a little bit triggered by these (laughs) and then want to like go forward to learn more. Because I think the more that we learn about ourselves and the more we learn about others, like you just said, the more we love others better and and love ourselves better and honestly give grace for the to ourselves as we start to become more aware of why we're doing the things that we're doing and um, yeah, how we've gotten to where we are and where we can go from here. So I I hope you do a little bit more research and jump into, you know, learning a little bit more about each number. That's kind of, that's kind of the goal here. And then, yeah, go to the IOL blog and then you can see some of the other really great resources there for leaders and yeah, not don't do life alone, right? Life is about, life is about people. I mean, we just, it's about caring for them, connecting with them, being with them. And it can be the hardest thing. (laughs) It really can. So I, uh, I really appreciate, yeah, I just appreciate talking about it and uh, supporting people and yeah, growing in our empathy. So glad that uh, we were able to do this. First of many, I'm sure, because there's a ton more uh, outside of even the Enneagram, but things that you specialize in with with coaching folks um, that we'll get to. And so for those of you that are listening in, 
I'll have the stuff in the show notes that you can click on and then uh, you can follow us on social media as well. And then you'll be up to date on when we push out new content. But Ashley, thank you again for doing both part one and part two. I'm grateful that you are uh, you know, part of our team here. Thank you, Steve. Okay, so takeaways and action items. Takeaways. Do not assign people their number. Ask questions. Be better than me because I kept doing it. Be better than me. Action items. Engage with Ashley. Click the links she mentioned. They're in the notes below. Just scroll down. Second action item. Take action on the things that you've heard here. Read one of Ashley's blogs. Do an assessment. Figure out who you are better or do one with your spouse, your significant other. That's what how my wife and I got into it was she was reading about it, listening about it, and then I read the book. And it was really cool to learn more about each other. So you can gain perspective and increase empathy so that you can lead with excellence. And maybe along the way, you'll be a better friend, a better husband, a better wife. Now consider giving us a review. Remember that commercial from earlier? On the most basic level, it helps us know that what we're doing matters. We're not shooting for fame or fortune. I said this in a part one with Ashley, and I meant it. We are aiming to add value to leaders like you. And so reviews and comments and ratings are a great encouragement to us in that regard. And if you thought of somebody during this episode, do not assign them a number, but please do consider sending them this episode with a note of encouragement. And we have over 100 episodes, yes, that will aid in your growth as a leader. So follow or subscribe on whatever platform you're using to have access to all of them just like magic. And as a reminder, one last time, don't forget to check the show notes because there are resources and connections just waiting for you. I can't wait to be with you again soon, but until then, from all of us at the Impact of Leadership, thanks for listening. <laughs>